This is the Memory Palace. I'm Nate DeMeo. Walter Siegmeister was born in 1909 in the Bronx to Russian immigrants who wanted their son to grow up to be a doctor. And he did, sort of. He grew up to be Dr. Raymond Bernard. He was Walter Siegmeister for many years. He was a smart kid, went to Columbia, and then moved downtown to NYU, where he got his PhD in education. So he was technically a doctor, but not at all in the way his parents wanted, or in the way that he'd later go on to imply. He wrote his dissertation about the educational theories of Rudolf Steiner. Steiner was the guy who created the Waldorf schools. They're sort of Montessori-ish, to oversimplify. A lot of learning through play sort of stuff. There are about a thousand of them in the United States still. And his interest in Steiner was legit too, but soon he was off Waldorf and onto some of Steiner's other theories about Atlantis and mind reading. And then things got a little shaky for Siegmeister. Before long, he was walking around buttoned up 1940s Manhattan, dressed all in black with hair down to his waist, eschewing his parents' Judaism for a largely made up form of pre-Judaic Middle Eastern mysticism, concocting idiosyncratic nutritional theories, and persisting exclusively on popcorn and kelp for long stretches of time. He starts to sell lecithin, it's a type of fat cell taken from egg yolks. He marketed it as a kind of cure-all, good for the brain and nerves and stuff. And it's not, though it's not really bad for you either. But the FDA used to be more vigilant about cracking down on people who claim that supplements do things that they don't. And they went after him. And Walter Siegmeister became Dr. Raymond Bernard. It sounded better in the advertising. And the feds didn't know where to find the fictional Dr. Bernard for a while. Soon, people he knew were getting calls from government agents who'd figured out that Siegmeister and Bernard were the same man. Dr. Bernard went underground. Or tried to. He lived in the woods of Florida for a while, eating his kelp and popcorn. And then he crossed into Mexico and disappeared. And when he returned, years later, he was done with promoting his ideas about nutrition and supplements. He had a new idea. Dr. Raymond Bernard believed the Earth was hollow. Now this was an idea that had popped up now and then throughout the centuries. Sometimes the idea centers around a race of super beings living in tunnels beneath the surface of the Earth. Other times there's a whole second sun at the core, giving life to a whole other world of plants and weird animals. In the early 19th century, there was actually a prominent American scientist who was convinced that there were two 1,400-mile openings at each of the poles. And if you could just manage to cross the snow and ice, you could climb in and go into a tropical world that was inside. He very nearly got the government to fund an official expedition to the North Pole to go look for it. But Andrew Jackson vetoed the idea. Because Andrew Jackson wasn't nuts. Pretty much all of the hollow earth talk ended in the 20th century, when people actually started to explore the poles and noticed that there actually wasn't a giant hole that led to the center of the earth there. But halfway through the century, Dr. Raymond Bernard was undeterred. In fact, he even gave the old idea a good mid-century twist. Pretty much anyone skeptical of the Earth's solidity probably dropped their objections after Admiral Byrd became the first person to fly to the North Pole. Dr. Bernard, on the other hand, jumped on a brief passage in Byrd's memoir. Byrd recalls a moment during the flight when he thought he saw a green oasis in the snow. And this was enough for Bernard. The Admiral's optical illusion became the fake doctor's proof. He knew it. There were holes in the earth that remained undiscovered when Bernard was writing at the beginning of the Kennedy administration. And he knew that if he could only find them, we would find a world beneath the world with a second sun 
and super beings. Giant peaceful creatures with advanced technology that could save the outer world from its own self-destruction. If only we could find the holes. He published his theory in a book called The Hollow Earth in 1962. There's this sad, plaintive urgency to the book. Bernard wants you to believe him. And he can't believe that human beings are so backward, so blind and twisted that we would spend our time splitting the atom when the solution to so many of our problems lay beneath our feet. And the clock was ticking. The super beings were leaving. They were so freaked out by the Cold War, so nervous that we humans were going to blow up their home, that they were building flying saucers and leaving the planet. In other words, while other fringe scientists were convinced that flying saucers were coming here, Bernard said no. Those flying saucers you've been seeing, they're actually on their way out. And we need to climb inside the Earth and consult the super smart beings about how to fix our planet before there's no one left to ask. Of course, no one paid attention to Dr. Raymond Bernard and his hollow Earth. No more than they paid attention to Walter Siegmeister and his popcorn and kelp diet. But he was undeterred. He died on September 10th, 1965, after contracting pneumonia in the jungles of Bolivia, looking for an entrance to the world beneath the world. <laughs>